Y Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zweig Group team looks forward to welcoming you. Welcome to the Zweig Letter Podcast, putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting experts straight talk in your ear. These podcasts deliver great interviews with industry leaders and Zweig Group's three decades of invaluable research, leadership, management, marketing, client, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter Podcasts let you develop personally and professionally, wherever you are. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I am excited today that I've got two very distinguished young gentlemen in my office, Justin Ramirez and John Ogle, who are part of our extern program here at Zweig Group. It's a new program that we're doing. We we kind of take internship to a whole new level, and uh, we're very we're very um, excited to have these guys on the podcast. Um, the reason why I asked them to come on is because not only did we want to highlight the importance of an internship program uh, in a in a firm, specifically a design firm, and we know that that. A lot of you that are listening um, bring young architects and young engineers in the office on a regular basis to work during the summers and um, during different fall and spring semester. And, you know, we do something very similar to that here at Zwy Group. And it's always been beneficial, especially for us to be able to help develop develop the next generation of talent. But I got to say that these guys are are beyond impressive and their their, uh, extern program is coming to an end in the next couple of weeks and they are about to get ready for finals and law school and and they've got a lot on their plates and, you know, they've really set themselves apart from from what you normally find from some young people. And so I'm really impressed with um, uh, all that they've been able to do and, and so today we just wanted to bring them on um, just to acknowledge them and to celebrate what they're doing and, and just kind of what their what the future holds for both of these young men. And, you know, anybody that's in a program like this and, and they also did something really amazing that we're going to talk about on this podcast, which was to give us a real breakdown on non-compete agreements and confidentiality agreements, which affect a lot of people in the design industry. And so uh, we're going to get a chance just to hear from them and, and just kind of see what they uh, what their thoughts are. And I think you guys will get something out of that. So um, uh, but but yeah, it'll be um, it'll be it should be a really, really good, uh, good, good time. So I want to welcome Justin Ramirez and John Ogle to the Zweig Letter podcast. How are you guys doing? 
Great, Randy. Thanks for having us on. We're oh, really man. excited. Yeah, it's not, not a problem. And, and uh, these guys are kind of passing the mic between each other, so we'll we'll go back and forth. And and just just for for reference, we actually we actually recorded this previously. And um, strange enough, after over 120 episodes of this Wide Glitter podcast, I actually had a SD card fail me. So that's why we're actually doing this over. And so you know what they say: the second time's the charm. So uh, we'll 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 see how it goes. But John, man, it's it's great to have you on. Um, why don't you just tell me a little bit about your experience here at Zwy Group uh, through the extern program? Okay, well, I've really only worked, I've only clerked at traditional law firms and done, you know, traditional legal work, like writing briefs. Um, but I really wanted to get some corporate experience because I have a business background. I got my economics degree from Hendricks College, and then I got my master's in accounting there. So, I haven't really had an opportunity to utilize that, I guess. So when this opportunity came up, uh, an externship with the M&A department, you know, I had to take it. Um, it's been great. You know, I've gotten exposure to a lot of different things that I haven't seen before. Some financial analysis, some, uh, you know, seeing just how Zwy Group does things, yeah. some transactional skills. So I've really enjoyed it. That's awesome. That's awesome. What about you, Justin? Um, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I've worked in the construction industry for about eight years prior to going to college, uh, received my finance degree from Walton, then uh, took a couple years off, worked at a bank. And then uh, next thing I know, I ended up going to law school. Wow. Uh, now I'm here. And to be honest with you, here's why I get, uh, it's completely different than anything I've ever seen before. Um, it honestly is just eye opening. Everything here has just kind of pretty much exposed me to the other as the other side of the industry, not just the manual labor part of all of it, right. which we all know is very hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so it's nice to be in the office and actually deal with the same situation, same subject matter, and be able to help individuals better their businesses from this aspect. Yeah. Well, I would I would think that both of you guys have have gotten a a, a well rounded experience as uh, compared to other options that might be out there for uh, law school students that, like you said, would clerk or work with a paralegal at a law firm and do a lot of research work and things of that nature. I mean, you've done research here, but what what do you think separate truly separates it from the normal internships that law, law students might go through? Uh, well, I've never had the opportunity or pleasure to actually have a law clerk position, so okay. I think I'll pass this one over to John. Okay. Um, so a traditional firm, I guess, you know, you're kind of exposed to you know, the attorneys just kind of pass off whatever they have on your desk. So you might do, you get exposed to a lot of different things, but I never really got exposure to just like the business side. So, right. um, you know, here at Zweig, I get to analyze financial statements and then kind of do some benchmarking and ratio analysis just to help firms better their business, Right. which is really interesting to me. And I also really appreciate the M&A consultants like how they go in and work with the clients. They're very personal. They have a, they build a relationship with them, which was really interesting for me to kind of witness. And, uh, because I haven't really seen that in any of my other traditional legal jobs. Yeah. And probably I, I'm assuming that when, when attorneys have client meetings, you're probably not privy to sit in most of those meetings or in most cases, usually not. So, yeah. And you know, here at Zwag, they kind of include you in everything. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that was, probably the most beneficial thing for me here is kind of just getting to watch and be included in everything. Yeah. I mean, and again, not to toot our own horn, but I, I don't think our internships are, are the normal 
type of internship. I think we, we, we actually want you to cut your teeth on some things, to try some different things and to walk away saying, wow, those, those guys actually let me work on a valuable piece of a project that they then delivered to the client. And certainly we oversee that and we make sure that everything is done and right. And we dot our I's and cross our T's, but that kind of experience you can't replicate, uh, in the real world unless you actually do it. Exactly. Exactly. And one thing, you know, I think we both really appreciate it is that when you get a project here, you know, you get to do it in your own way, um, which I really appreciate because I work differently than anybody else, you know? And so, um, I kind of got to bounce ideas off Justin, you know, and we just kind of created our own project and how to do it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you guys did some great work for us in a number of different areas. And one of the things that, uh, what I thought was really, really cool that was that you had a chance to give us a presentation. I think we surrounded or coupled it around a happy hour, if you will. So there were, there were some drinks flowing and these guys are over 21. So that's not an issue, but, uh, we, we had a good time, needless to say. And they got up before us and actually presented, uh, did some public speaking and shared with us, um, on some issues with regard to non-compete agreements and confidentiality agreements. And so what I wanted them to do today was just to kind of share with our audience um, just some of their findings and research. And this is the huge disclaimer that I want to put out there that this we're not dispensing any legal advice whatsoever. We're just sharing information uh, that these uh, law students found uh, on our behalf when looking up an issue that we d- we know we deal with in the design industry, which are non-compete agreements. A lot of times when uh, I've recruited people um, that uh, want to work at a specific firm. One of the first things I ask them is that, do you have a non-compete agreement with your current employer? Because if you do, I need to know what the specifics of it are to see if it's going to be an issue. If I'm trying to recruit you to that that firm, your firm's current firm's local competitor, because a lot of times most non-compete agreements are distance related and uh, ge- geographic based. And so, um, you know, we, we certainly want to make sure that you are not um, constrained in any way from taking a new opportunity that might present itself. And I also know that the confidentiality agreements are really important on the M&A side. Uh, and that a lot of times people have to sign NDAs. They have to sign a number of things that, um, that where the, the scope of what is being done and the principles involved all have to sign these agreements to make sure that, um, information doesn't get out prematurely. And you know what they say, loose leap, loose lips sink ships. And so, uh, even in the business world, you have to kind of keep things close to the vest, especially if you're working on transactions, um, as, as, uh, of a subtle nature like M&A transactions. So, um, who wants to go first, uh, and talk about your presentation from a couple of Fridays ago, Justin? Yeah, I'll take, I'll take the bullet on this one. Okay. (laughs) Uh, so essentially we were asked to, or I was asked to perform research into non-compete agreements. And my focus in that assignment was to kind of distinguish whether or not a non-compete agreement would be enforceable upon an employee of a target company that was acquired by a bidding company. Right. Um, so essentially went through, did a, did a few, uh, did some research, uh, general overview of what the courts look at and everything from a 50 state perspective, and then narrowed that down to a four state perspective. Um, and, in in doing so, I kind of, uh, obtained the information and distinguished for Zweig, whether or not certain agreements will be enforceable based on certain criteria. 
Um, honestly, it sounds a lot more complicated than it actually is. Yeah. But uh, it, it's really it's going to be really helpful, and it's going to allow Zweig uh, recruiters to be able to go out to these recruitees and be able to talk with them more knowledgeably on the subject matter and give them more perspective and comfortability with their current position of being recruited. Right. And so I, I think that's just a great asset for this company to have. And honestly, with any company, um, it's just being able to help them with any legal issues or legal matters that they may come across with in the future, which is another point and reason for that. I'll, that I'll go to your statement earlier that, you know, it's a, it's a good thing to reach out to just not only take in those normal conventional interns from the engineering school or the architectural school or anything like that, but to also reach out and expand those horizons a little bit and possibly reach into, you know, the finer depths of law school. Right. You know, bring right. in something, bring in more knowledge and, and someone that kind of build your shit build your ship instead of just keeps on you know just adding to the crew right so right. I, I think i think that's something that's why has done perfectly with their program here and i think that they're going in a great path yeah you and you, know, you bring up a good point and I, I like that um i think the non-compete agreement is it's, it's important for people to have a better understanding and we'll try to put some information in our show notes i don't know if we'll put your research in there but we'll just put some generic information about non-compete agreements and maybe you guys can provide me with with something that I can add to the show notes for this particular episode uh, and we'll share with our listening audience because they like to sometimes look at that stuff. But you're absolutely right. I think one of the things that design firms could consider is is having other uh, law students come to their firm and be an intern for a semester or for the summer and, you know, learn about the business mm -hmm. uh, and provide insight and, and, and depth to the leadership um, in an area that normally isn't addressed, which is, you know, from a legal standpoint, but it's more than just that, right? You don't have to come in and be legal eagles. I mean, you guys are, you guys in school, in law school, you're taught to think a certain way. Um, you're taught to research a certain way. Uh, you look at subjects differently from a lot of different angles, which I think that's invaluable. And not everybody gets that training. I think that's one of the biggest benefits of, of legal training and people going to law school is the type of, of, of understanding that you have when you come out that you're actually prepared to deal with a lot of different aspects and and probably are, are even more valuable uh, in, in, in the general business field than you might be in a, in a law firm, which is crazy to say, right? Because I mean, the idea is that you go to school, you get your, you get your law degree, you get your, you, you take the bar, you pass the bar, and then you start practicing law. But I have had several friends that have gone to law school and actually decided to go a whole different direction and are doing some amazing things with their legal degree, but they're not practicing attorneys. So, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, absolutely. Um, I'd have to say, you know, speaking on my own behalf and, you know, as I stated earlier, I've had about eight, eight to 10 years roughly in the construction industry working with my father and everything. And, you know, and, and working in the industry, you know, on a, on a weekly basis, monthly, monthly basis, you know, you're, you're privy over time to the aspects of mechanics lean, mm -hmm. you know, the judgments, this and that, oh, you have to do this if a change order was implemented, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, and, and honestly, it wasn't until just this semester when I took a class at the University of Arkansas called construction law with Carl Serco. Right. I went in depth in that class. We went in depth into the breakdown and the finer intricacies of lien law, mm -hmm. of damages, of delayed claims, of et cetera, et cetera, you know, and the insurance requirements and everything else that the state requires. 
And, you know, that's that's really something that a company in this industry only really seeks out that inf- or that com- companies in this industry only really seek out that information once a problem happens. Right. But, right. you know, you want to be proactive yeah. in everything that you do. That That's the way that you're going to build your company and you're going to make sure that it's stronger and that it's going to be there and it's built for the long haul. And so by being able to pull someone out of law school who's had had these experiences, had this exposure to such this depth and being able to put this, put them in your placement to do research for you. I mean, it's a win-win situation for everyone. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. What that's a good point. John, what do you what do you say about that? You know, I think it's it is really interesting because I meet more and more people every day in just my class mm-hmm. that want to use their JD in the business world and yeah. don't just want to be traditional practicing attorneys. Um so and you're totally right. We go to law school and they do teach you how to think and they give you this very analytical mindset and you can solve problems very quickly because you break down massive amounts of information, you synthesize it, and then you can have to explain it to someone else in two sentences. Right. So, you know, I, I think that's a really big benefit of yeah. going to law school. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. So I'm, I'm again, like I said, I'm really, I'm really excited to see what you, what you guys end up doing. I'm, I'm just curious, Justin, since you brought it up, was there anything that you learned, uh, in the, in the, the class recently that you've kind of shared with your dad and his firm? <laughs> uh, specifically my, my dad's a general contractor, but, uh, in Texas, right? You know, here in Arkansas. Oh, in actually. Arkansas. Yeah, okay. Eastern Arkansas specifically. Okay. All right. But, uh, so one of the things that surprised me about Arkansas, and I, I haven't, I've yet to do research on any of the other 50 states or 49 states, but, um, in Arkansas, if you perform work without a license, mm-hmm. you have no right to claim that money, to claim the proceeds from your work. Really? At all. You have no standing in court to be able to go to court to say, hey, pay me at all by any means. And I'm, I'm assuming a lot of general contractors don't know that. Yeah, I'm assuming there are. Well, at least mostly the general contractors were more likely to be licensed. But you're going to have you're going to run into that issue more along the lines of the subcontractors, subcontractors that those general contractors hire. Right. Okay. Uh, a lot of them, you know, they're just the mom and pop shops. They've been doing it since the 40s, you know, and they haven't gone in and got licensing because they don't really know how to file their taxes, you know, hold their books or keep their accounting records or anything. Yeah. Uh, or they don't have enough money to put up in the bank as, you know, this the prerequisite for actually obtaining the license i think if i remember correctly it's somewhere upwards of ten thousand plus right now yeah but um so in essence you know if you don't have a license go get a license yeah exactly (laughs) exactly that's a good that's good that's good advice from justin ramirez and he should know uh i appreciate you sharing that um so so tell us a little bit about the uh confidentiality agreements john that that was your presentation and you did you both did it an amazing job presenting this information and, and making it very clear for us uh but but why don't you just share a little bit about what you found so i really wanted to just give you know, our Zwei group consultants, some really practical advice on confidentiality agreements. So, you know, I did a, just a general overview of what it is. And then each department in Zwei group comes across these. So ownership transition and executive search come across them in, uh, in the employment context, which are the confidentiality agreements are often implemented in conjunction with um, a non-compete. Sure. So, you know, courts generally aren't as strict on those because we're more concerned as society about restricting someone's fundamental right to work. Right. Um, but the main place where Zwei group comes across <laughs> confidentiality agreements is in mergers and acquisitions. Okay. So like when we're helping facilitate a deal, um, you know, the, the, the target firm 
needs this confidentiality agreement to ensure that if the deal falls through, that their information is protected. Right. So, but it's kind of, for us, it's kind of difficult knowing when to implement it Mm -hmm. because if you implement it too early, you could scare off the buyer. If you implement it too late, you could hurt the target. So I really just kind of wanted to give us some practical advice, you know, about what to say, when to use it. And then I also did some specific states like Justin did in our main areas of business. Okay. All right. Well, so I'm going to put you both on the spot right now and I want each of you. Okay. I'm a design firm owner, um, you know, successful design firm. If you were asked to come in and just give us one piece of advice from the information that you've gleaned in your time here at Zui Group uh, and couple that with your, your legal learning and what you know, right? Because we know you're not complete yet. You guys still have, you have another year. Both of you have another year of school. So these guys are not attorneys, but just based on what they know right now, based on their experience, looking at some of the projects that they've worked on in the M&A um, department here at Zui Group, and just based on where, where your knowledge is at this moment, because we know where you are right now today is not where you're going to be in another year or two. But just based on what you know right now, if I was, if I was a design firm owner and I just said, hey man, do you have any advice that you would give me um, from your perspective based on what you know about the law and about uh, just a, just in general about our industry, what would you, what would it be? Just one piece of advice, nothing heavy, but uh, I'm sure our audience would love to hear that. I would have to say, and this sounds simple, but I mean, it's really important is when you're dealing with a contract with another firm or something, you really need to make sure that everything is clearly defined, yeah. you specify what's in the contract because you know, oftentimes I see just general contracts that just generally give a boilerplate clause that covers everything. But it's really important to clearly define what you mean, you know, spell out what your goals are in the contract um, and clearly define who the parties are. I mean, that sounds simple, but it's basic and fundamental yeah. in contract law, at least. Yeah, absolutely. How about you, Justin? Um, I think I, I have to offer you two pieces of advice. Sure, sure. Um uh, speaking in terms in regards to what John just stated, as far as the terms of the contract, making sure that they're clearly defined. Um, I would say one of the biggest issues that arises within the fight over the contract and what it actually meant is uh, over the terms of payment or the terms of the bid. Mm-hmm. Did you give them a GMP, a guaranteed maximum price? Or are you doing it on a cost plus basis? Right. How are you performing the work and how are you to be paid? Yeah. Um, I think that you need to make sure that that is clearly defined right um you know a gmp is going to limit your ability to recoup any money that you're going to be owed have you if you're having to do any other work that's mm-hmm. outside of the scope of the work that's described within the contract yeah you know then you're gonna that's to how to, firms lose their shirt absolutely yeah, yeah you look yeah. then you got to go back in order and look into the change order provision did you right. get a written change order etc yeah. yeah um the second piece of advice that i have to offer for design firms would be keep accurate records of everything yeah uh starting from the first day of negotiations for the contract up to you know you ordered windows on the 15th of april keep every single record that you possibly have that is associated with the work that is being completed and that it relates back to the contract or relates back to the requirements of the contract that way if something does occur you have your evidence on your side and you're working with what you have 
Oh man, that's a, I couldn't put it any better than that. And and that's obviously advice that I've shared with clients as well. And, and that we as a company have shared uh, with clients. And so I really appreciate you guys just kind of sharing what, what you know now, and these guys are going to have much more to say in the future. I'm sure of it. Um, so we certainly appreciate what they're able to do and what they've accomplished uh, to this date. Um, any last words, John, that you'd like to share uh, about your experience here and just, you know, where, where you think this is going to take you next you know i'd just like to say thank you to everyone at zwy group i really enjoyed my time here everyone it's like a small knit family i love our culture um you know i plan to stay in touch with everyone Mm -hmm. and you know i feel like this externship has kind of propelled me uh, into the business world yeah where do you see yourself in the next five years um hopefully i'll be working using my JD in the business world. Okay. I'm not exactly sure what that is. One day I'd really like to run my own business. Okay. Um, That's the eventual goal, but probably won't happen in the next five years. You never know, but I I have a feeling that's definitely in your future. So, and and are you, you're going to get your, uh, you're going to take the bar and and get your law, I mean, get your license. Yes, I will be licensed. Okay. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. How about you, Justin? Um, I just have to say, like following John on this one, thank you everybody here at Swag. It's, <laughs> it's been a real pleasure. Um, I do plan on staying in touch, you know, just as John. Um, as far as the future goes, uh, there's no telling. But what I where I hope to where I hope to be is uh, potentially owning my own construction company, possibly a few concrete plants. You know, maybe diversifying a little bit into some real estate, et cetera. Okay. But uh, you know, honestly, you never know what's going to happen. I know. How about that? I, I still I I still see a lot of success in the future for both of you guys, and and I certainly know from everyone here at Zwy Group, we really appreciate the effort and the time. I mean, you guys were here on time. You you put you put the work in. So we really appreciate that. And, you know, I, again, I think sometimes it's important to share that. And I, I just really wanted our listening audience to hear what we've been doing here at Zwy Group, especially with our internship program. And, and we're, we're going to bring on um, some of the architects of this, uh, this extern program and specifically um, Brendan Shearer, who is going to, who is a member of our M&A team. And uh, we're going to bring uh, Brendan on as a guest next to talk a little bit about, um, you know, what, you know, what his ideas were behind this. I mean, he was a graduate of the U of A law school a couple of years ago. So he preceded you guys and, and he's kind of laying the foundation. So I'll be interested to see the foundation that you lay for some people down the line for that are going to come through the U of A law school in a couple of years, but he kind of laid the foundation for you guys. And so we're going to hear from him next. And, uh, I can't wait to, to hear what he has to say about this and what his plans are for the extern program moving forward. So, um, just stay tuned and we'll be right back in just a moment. And again, I want to thank Justin Ramirez and John Ogle for joining us today on this Swag Letter podcast and sharing uh, a little bit of information about their experience here at Swag Group through the extern program. And so we really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey folks, we're back and I have with me today none other than Brendan Shearer, who is a member of the M&A team here at Y Group. And uh, as I said earlier with my uh, during my conversation with uh, Justin Ramirez and John Ogle, that um, Brendan is ac- actually, I called you the architect of this uh, extern program that, that, that we are doing here at, uh, at Zwy group, no pun intended, of course, mm-hmm. but, um, we, you know, we like to, we like to use certain 
certain titles, and I thought that would be an appropriate one, uh, given your the, the this was kind of your brainchild and idea. So, um, one of the things that we did, especially when talking with Justin and, and John um, about just their experience here at Zwei Group. And we talked a little bit about, um, you know, the presentation that they did on non-compete agreements as well as confidentiality agreements. We talked about just their general experience here. Um, what were their big takeaways in terms of being in this program? And then some of the non-traditional paths that, that people that are going through law school are taking. And one of the things that I wanted, uh, our listeners to benefit from is just the idea that while a lot of design firms are looking to bring on uh, interns in the in their particular design fields, it's also okay to consider bringing on some some other individuals that might add um, a foundation of, of of understanding and experience to the general team. Yep. I mean, every firm could use somebody that has some legal background and um, legal uh, uh, research experience and just an understanding of the law um, to help their firm along. And um, both Justin and John gave some really great tips and advice that design firms should should be should be thinking about. And um, so, Brenda, Brenda and I, I'm glad you came on today, but I, I really wanted to kind of hear from you uh, about that and just also just about this idea of, of doing this externship and um as I said, you were a law school student. You were a graduate of the University of Arkansas. So, what was your, your what was your whole the, the genesis of this? Well, I think it began first of all when I was in law school. I did uh, a externship as well, a general counsel uh, externship, but I was placed in um, a realty division, mm-hmm. and. With some externships, even within the same company, so say a retailer that's up the street from us okay. has a uh, externship program and maybe across multiple departments, but you don't really know uh, how much exposure to both business or um, day-to-day legal um, issues you're going to be able to experience when you sign up. Um I'm a big believer in getting practical experience mm-hmm. and externships allow that if it's crafted right. Right. And, and the right amount of attention is paid to it. And so, um, I'm also a champion and, and I know Jamie's a champion of being able to facilitate, uh, opportunities for those who have legal training, but may want to take a non-traditional route. And so this was the perfect combination of deepening our expertise within the firm, being able to mentor and help others uh, see different avenues they can take in their career, uh, as well as uh, a time to to build out a program uh, that ultimately will have firsthand experience on and could possibly uh, speak to when visiting other firms. Because a dedicated program that's cyclical, that provides a human resource base, provides fresh ideas, ties you into a human resource base because we're in a college town, is uh, is invaluable. Yeah. And so uh, dedicating that front end time to do it right and put it on the right foundations to where the wheels can continue uh, is is 
very beneficial to a firm, no matter if you're on the consulting side or if you're uh, on the architecture and engineering side. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think already you have lined up um, externs for the summer, summer and the fall and the fall. Wow. Yeah. So that's awesome. I mean, it's, it's, so I'm assuming that this whole thing has been well received at the, on the law school campus. Yes. And, uh, and I think Randy, honestly, that was the thing that surprised me the most throughout this, uh, I guess we began the last week in January and we'll go up until, uh, tomorrow, Friday, uh, April 20th. And, the amount of Noah and I, uh, went to, a um, an externship expo mm-hmm. and we probably had the most traffic of, of any, uh, company that was there. And that includes the Walmarts, that includes the Tysons and some of our, uh, bigger, uh, state and national law firms. And I, and I think it's based off of, um, not everybody wants to be an attorney. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. Not every law school allows or offers uh, opportunities that are non-traditional. Mm-hmm. And working with Angie Dawson, the University of Arkansas, and our prior relationship, uh, we were able to take a, an opportunity uh, to the school. And I think it's being well received uh, because it is different and because it, we're one of very few of those non-traditional uh, roles that uh, that people know. And then we know this in our community, the reputation we have as why group, our culture, uh, where we're going, how we're growing, um, is known, uh, around our region and nationally, but here locally in our region and it, it spreads. And so, uh, once you have two people in the fold that are having a good time, we're taking, uh, good care of them. We're teaching them. We're exposing them to things that they would not be exposed to anywhere else. Um, uh, that, that spreads within the school and ultimately people want to be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, that is, uh, I, I'm loving that. And I know that, um, you know, firms that are listening to this and, and, um, different principals and other leaders that are listening to this podcast, this will hopefully be encouraging for you to think about alternative ways for you to set up your internship program at your organization and kind of map it out. And I know that even today you, and you mentioned two people, Jamie and Noah, you're, you're speaking specifically of Jamie Claire Kaiser, who is our director of consulting and, uh, Noah Hunt who's part of the M&A team with you. And I mean, you guys have just basically come in here in the last year or so and just totally turned things upside down with the ideas that you have and and uh, some of the things that you've tried to implement. And Noah, even today, um, just a, a couple of hours before we were, were recording this podcast, he was showing me the, the new internship book that you're putting together. And I got to tell you, if I was coming out of school, I'd want to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important, uh, even if any, even if the firm, if people listening to this are never going to go to a law school to maybe seek alternative individuals to bring into your organization to help you run your company uh, and to provide uh, different training options. Uh, I think it's just they, they have really put together a solid internship program. And one of the biggest challenges, as we all know, in the design industry is finding great talent. And I think one of the easiest ways to find good talent is to create a very fertile environment where people can learn and experience things and touch things and get their hands dirty and learn because they're going to tell other people and what's going to happen is you're going to have a chance at some point in time down the road to 
choose from the best and the brightest people that become available whenever they matriculate through these programs. Absolutely. And that you hit the nail on the head and, and Noah and I have been working hand in hand. Uh, you know, this semester was the first semester. And so we learned a lot in the process. And now that we're towards the end of this term, we're putting together uh, all that's needed for this to be seamless moving forward. And for listeners, I want I want you to know as well, we're doing our best to keep uh, keep track of everything we're doing, whether that be outreach, whether that be promotion, whether that be objectives, timelines, things like that. Um, we're doing that internally. Um, and, and so we will be able to hopefully package that up and be able to share with uh, with firms who may be interested in, in implementing something similar Uh down the line in their firm. Cause I, I, I do think it's invaluable. And, yeah. And it also, uh, one big selling point, I, I think it, it would be critical is there's a lot of trouble creating that middle tier mm-hmm. within firms and allowing, um, low risk, uh, supervisory opportunities, uh, for people like myself, like Noah, who are coming up, uh, will allow uh, you to see how certain uh, young talent uh, performs as a supervisor, performs doing their duties as well as developing others. It's a way to to empower uh, that tier that you may not know if they're going to move on to the next level. Right. But giving them the opportunity to show what they're going to be called on to do at that next level uh, is a very low risk way to both develop human resource and talent base as well as allow for, uh, like I said, a, a, a low risk opportunity for people you have internally to show how they supervise and how they manage. Man, you hit, I mean, you said a mouthful and I think it's really important as I go out, especially I've had the opportunity to go out and do a lot of leadership training and I'm going out and talking to firm owners and, you know, project managers, senior project managers, young designers. And I'm, I'm telling all of these folks that, you know, you need to start, you need to really start mentoring and developing leaders with an eye of even the youngest people, giving them something to kind of show them what leadership really is, Mm -hmm. giving them some of the foundational measurements for that, and then giving them the opportunity to lead even in a small scale, just like what you're describing, where you guys don't have to, you're not responsible for the whole company, but you are responsible for this little this little patch of, of, of land that you're, you're focusing on and you've got your own group of people that you're developing. Uh, it strengthens your confidence and resolve to be able to do it. And it just shows you that every time you complete a successful externship program and bring people through it, it further strengthens what you can do and what you're capable of. And, and so I absolutely agree. And I believe that, um, that is a really appropriate and, uh, low cost and low risk way to develop leaders uh, where everything's not on the line. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the upside is so tremendous that, I mean, you know, you can't, I mean, I don't think you can even quantify it. Right. Right. The upside is, is the key because like I said, you're tackling training. So if you vet uh, whether it's externs and for people, externs are uh, law students who get, uh, academic credit for being in placements that further their legal education. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, traditional interns, um, who, who will, who will be of cost, 
But what it allows is if you properly vet those candidates and those participants and do it the right way and set your program up the right way, then you will have people ready or capable of being hired and, and, and ready to go. Yeah. Know your culture, know your clientele, know how you, uh, how you handle the day to day. And, and everyone out there knows how long that takes to ingrain in someone within an organization. And, uh, these programs, like I said, if done correctly, will allow you to see that before you have to make that commitment to a hire. And it also will reduce that, uh, that time uh, it takes to truly be effective in your role because some of that front end stuff has already been done. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the ultimate taste test. Yes. I mean, it just, absolutely. It, I mean, that's the easiest way to look at it. And certainly, um, you know, in this, in this environment where we are, we're, you know, here up in, in uh, Northwest Arkansas and, and Walmartville and, you know, the whole CPG community. I mean, that's a big deal up mm-hmm. here, that type of training. And I think as a management consulting firms, Y group has kind of set ourselves apart with that. And I think, you know, just what you're doing is, is, a testament and a great example of some alternative ways that firms can um, develop new talent. And the extern program, I think, is is going to continue to blossom. And I'm excited to see what the next chapter holds. And I think what we'll probably do is try to, through each externship, bring those participants in on a podcast just to kind of hear from them so that our listeners can benefit from, you know, what these guys are learning. And and like I said earlier in the episode, uh, Justin and John both gave our listeners uh, a little bit of education on uh, non-disclosure and uh, confidentiality agreements and non-compete agreements. And so, and again, we're not rendering any legal advice whatsoever. We're just sharing information that may be helpful for an organization. And then I actually pressed them to, you know, if there was just one takeaway that they would want to give a firm owner of a design firm, what would it be? And they each had some really great ideas and simple advice Mm -hmm. um, about, you know, really making sure you document everything. And, and just, you know, uh, you make sure you uh, detail your scope of work so that, you know, if you have overages that you're you're accounting for those costs and not running into the red. And I mean, just just really bright and articulate minds mm-hmm. uh, that have some really great ideas. And and uh, so I just man, I, I, I certainly applaud what you're doing and, and I cannot wait for the next chapter of this uh, process. And I won't even call it an experiment anymore. I think it was successful. Uh, I think, um, you know, we have seen the benefits of it. The M&A team has received the benefits of it. And it's the kind of situation where a young person, if you're listening to this and you're going through school and, you know, you're looking for a place to train, you want to go to a place that's going to allow you to really get your hands dirty Absolutely. and and try some things out and not just give you lip service about all these wonderful things that you'll be able to do. And then you go through the whole internship or externship program and nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, anybody can do that. I, I, and I think the last thing I'll, I'll point out is uh, for young listeners or even for firms who are looking to be uh, to appear more attractive to candidates mm-hmm. and to the candidates themselves, don't be afraid to uh, we we promoted and, and, and set this up beings white group, right? Know, trying to, uh, we're entrepreneurial. Our culture is unique. Our, our listeners know that. Um, and on its face, it may not seem like it fits a law school, right? Which is 
thought to be more conservative uh, of an environment than it really is. Yeah. Um, but market yourself as yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And don't change, don't change it up. We weren't going to go in there and act stodgy and, 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 and be something that we're not. And I think it was successful and attractive and it's gained traction in a way because people know that we're genuine in what we do. And we, we, we are who we are and we want people to learn our true culture. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, that's well put. That is really well put. Listen, uh, Brendan, if if, uh, people want to reach out uh, and connect with you on this matter of the extern program and just what you you guys are working on and what you've put together, what's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, Reach me by email. And that's uh, B-S-H-E-R-R-E-R at Z-W-E-I-G group dot com. Be happy to to. uh, to answer any questions. And I know our externship uh, program at the University of Arkansas School of Law, uh, I believe, is based off of ABA standards. And so if there are uh, law schools in your general area, they probably have programs uh, set up through that law school. Uh, you just got to connect with the, the supervisors. And, and it's a pretty, pretty good and, and pretty easy process Uh Professor Doss makes it easy because these schools want uh, more opportunities for their students. And so it may just be something to check out uh, in your area and it may be offered. And I'd be happy to answer any questions uh, that you may have on how to get that off the ground. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm thinking of principals of, of firms, leadership, um, COOs, others that are looking to add somebody to their team um, on a uh, for, for a for a period of time for a season to work and help out. And you get these individuals that are learning a lot in school, but then you give them some real world experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, you 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 could really get more than your money's worth um, with investing a little bit of time to put something like this together. So certainly is something that we would encourage. And uh, as, as, as Brendan said, he's available anytime and we'll make sure that we put his email address in the show notes and we'll kind of move on from there. But man, it's so good to have you back on the podcast. I appreciate you. Uh, You're so stylish. I get to see you, see you walk by the office every day. And so I I appreciate having you here. And, and, and again, it's why group appreciates you and, Certainly, I know our clients do with all the great work that you do. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it anytime. Yeah, absolutely. Folks, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. There's so much going on here and so many new things that I could talk about. But the one thing I do want to let you know is that we want to really uh, honor you by giving you a, a great gift. And that gift is a free uh, digital subscription to the Zweig Letter. That's right. You've heard it here first. We are giving away the Zweig Letter for free. F-R-E-E. Uh, so please, if you get a chance, visit ZweigGroup.com and just hit the Zweig Letter icon when you get to the main page on the website and you can just punch in your email address and you'll get the Zweig Letter every Monday morning at, well, every Monday at 12 noon, uh, a new issue of the Zweig Letter will come out. It is the I think the longest uh, continuing continuously run newsletter in the design industry. It's been running since 1992. Uh, we've got thousands of subscribers, 12 pages of uninterrupted quality information. People like Brendan and Jamie Claire Kaiser and Noah Hunt, and myself, and so many others write uh, for the Zweig letter. And of course, Mark Zweig writes his weekly um 
article, uh, editorial piece in the Zweig letter. So I really want to encourage you to, to get that newsletter. Um, I, I can't think of a better way for you to stay up to date on all of the changing, um, landscape of the design industry. And so check out the Zweig letter when you get a chance. That's our gift to you from the Zweig letter podcast here. I really want to thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Remember, you can get the Zweig letter on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play. Uh, soon we'll be on Spotify. And uh, we'd love it if you check us out, listen, if you'd share it with a friend, if you think the podcast is helpful for you. And also, we'd really appreciate it if you take a moment on whatever service you listen to us on to rate us and uh, check us out and give us a review. And we love five star reviews and um, it would be really helpful uh, for us to get some feedback from you, our valued listeners. So we thank you guys so much for checking out this latest episode of the Zweig Letter podcast. Podcast. We'll be back next week with another amazing episode, uh, error-free, of course, and uh, we hope to see you there. Thanks again, and we hope that you have a great day. Remember, here at Zwei Group, we exist to make you more successful. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in to this Zweig Letter Podcast episode. If you want more wisdom and inspiration, in addition to information about M&A, strategic planning, HR, and marketing your firm, subscribe now to the digital version of the Zweig Letter free of charge. Just visit thezweigletter.com slash subscribe and leave your email address. Your free subscription will begin immediately.